Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. Uh, as usual, if you haven't done so already, I would really appreciate it if you give a like on this podcast, leave a five-star review if it's available, subscribe. That's going to work those algorithms in our favor so that more people can hear my ridiculous stories and understand why those of us that are left of normal are as weird as we are. Last week, we dipped into a bit of social media and how it's generally just used inappropriately, and not really inappropriately, but just wrongly. We dove into how it's a substitute for actually doing things and ends up causing us to have these mixed or confusing feelings or emotions because we're looking at things being done and our bodies and brains are anticipating us doing those things or creating or completing things. But what ends up happening is we just leave ourselves hanging. I've posited this theory before, so perhaps it needs a bit more of a dive into it and just to fully flesh out these ideas. This week we are looking a little more about the awkwardness that can come with being on the spectrum and trying to do people-y things. We're going to whip all the way back to somewhere around maybe six-ish years old. Some of my earlier memories being in kindergarten, I had learned to read before kindergarten even started. Most most kids, that's their kind of first exposure. But I had started a little earlier because my brother was is about a year and a half older than I am. So as he was learning to read, he would sit with my parents and go through the beginner reader books. And I'd kind of sit on the arm of the chair or hover over the back and I'd follow along. What that ended up doing was I, by the time I got to school, I was already ahead of the game. Of course... I was a small child on a spectrum that didn't really exist back then, and it never really occurred to me that I should just read as I was able to, just read normally. And instead, I just followed the teacher's instructions. During quiet time or free time or whatever they called it, I sat and I read books off the shelf, books like Go Dog Go, and the teacher would commend me on practicing and how, on how well I was coming along. But if we were doing, say, a group activity, uh, the teacher, she would hold up a flashcard that had a, a word on it and tell us, sound out these words. I didn't need to sound the words out. I knew what they said, but I was told to sound it out. So that's what I did. For example, teacher holds up the card, says cat on it. Set Scott, sound this word out. I say cat, because that's how you sound out the word cat. My report cards generally read, Scott is learning to read at a rate consistent with his peers. Something along those lines. Something that completely wasn't accurate, but I didn't really indicate any other proficiencies. All right, so then not really a socially awkward story, not really anything that has to do with it. I've probably shared it before, so everyone listening and just saying, yeah, yeah, come on, get to the good stuff. Let's hear about how weird you are. And it has come to my attention through some of uh, my podcasts, having guests on and just reflecting back on 
interactions with people, coworkers, acquaintances, etc., etc., and so on and so forth, that when first meeting me, I'm generally rather standoffish, a bit unlikable, maybe described as a quiet creeper that hangs out in the corner. Now, of course, once you get to know me, you know I'm delightful, the best, fantastically witty, handsome, and funny. But looking back, I don't really see myself as standoffish. I don't really know, and I can kind of see where that's perceived, but I don't really see it that way. Now, I certainly was, and I still am, on the more quiet side. Uh, This is especially true during events or in big groups where I don't know many of the people. I'd, I'd rather just stand off to the side and observe for a while to determine what's actually going on and then determine which mask I need to put on in order to best blend in. I know that I know now that that doesn't work because I'm already setting myself up as the weird guy that's a total jerk because he's too good to join in with the group of normies and just have regular conversations about small talk type things. So as I was growing up, I would hear various phrases trying to address this issue that, in my opinion, doesn't really need addressed. Uh, These phrases almost always came from adults, but as I got into my teens and shortly into my 20s, they came from peers as well. The most common one was, you need to come out of your shell. Or, someday you'll come out of your shell. Or, eventually you'll come out of your shell. Like a turtle, I suppose, is what they were getting at here, where I, the turtle is scared, so they tuck into their shell and shelter themselves from the danger. I tuck into my shell and shelter and myself from other people. But I don't really remember when I actually learned this, but the turtle's shell is actually part of its skeletal system. Literally, it's the turtle's backbone. So if a turtle comes out of its shell, it would die. Apparently, these parents, teachers, and others who I thought were well-meaning adults actually just wanted me dead. It wasn't actually always that come-out-of-your-shell phrase, which anymore, or come-out-of-your-bubble type thing. Anymore, it's just like, no, it's comfortable here. Why would I want to come out of my shell and do things that are inane and will absolutely not benefit anyone in any way, shape, or form. Anyway, it wasn't always those phrases. There were instances of things like open up a bit more, talk a bit more. Uh, this one usually comes from like the idea, someone asks how your how my day was, how was your day? It was good, fine, it's great, grand, wonderful. They want more details, apparently, and they want me to open up about my day. So I'm, I, I went back and I kind of recreated some of a typical day, especially as a younger child. Let me fill you in on how things would go if you ask a left-of-normal child to open up a bit more about their day. This is what you would receive. Now, I believe the normies are looking more for feelings, emotions, responses to these day-to-day activities. I'm really not sure on that one because I still just answered good, fine, great, grand, wonderful. If anything actually exciting happened, sure, I'll tell about it, but 
we're going to open up here. We're going to go back to about eight years old in the second grade. Scott, how was your day? What did you do? Open up a bit more. Well, I walked to school with my friend Ryan, and we went around the right-hand side of the barricade at the end of the street. Nobody ever goes around the left-hand side. I don't know why, but it just feels different and weird to go around the left. There's plenty of room on the left-hand side of the barricade, but we always go on the right-hand side. That means the pathway is a little bit more well-worn on the right-hand side, so that's the way we always go around. About After we turn down the path that cuts between the two houses, and there's fences on each side, that's stays a little darker and a little wetter at the time, and I saw seven slugs. None of them were the big slugs, though, so we didn't stop and play with them. We did stop on the bridge over the creek, and we looked for crawdads, but I told you, you can never see the crawdads from the bridge. You have to go down to the water, and I've told Ryan this 14 times, but he always wants to look for crawdads. Uh, we... We can't go down to the creek and look for crawdads because we aren't allowed to at until after school because we might get our clothes dirty. We kept walking and I found a penny as we walked past the blackberry bushes, 1977 with a D on it. It was head side up. We would have taken the shortcut path through the field, but it had rained and that path was muddy. We aren't supposed to walk in the field after it rains because our shoes get muddy. As I was wearing my I was wearing my new shoes, the red canvas ones, and I don't like the way they make my pinky toe feel. Mom says I'll get used to it, but I've worn them four times and I'm still not used to it. I hope it doesn't take much longer because I don't like how these canvas shoes make my pinky toes feel. We went right into the front door at school because we didn't have time to send the rocks down the sides like we usually do, and I couldn't help it, but I was walking and then I got ner- I. I couldn't help it. I was walking and my shoes squeaked on the floor. I thought it was funny, but the principal didn't and she told me to stop. I couldn't help it because I was just walking and then I got nervous that I'd get detention because I wasn't doing what I was told to do. I had to walk really slow the rest of the way to the classroom because I didn't want to get sent to the principal's office for having squeaky shoes. I stopped and read all the signs and little notes on the door to our classroom. There are still 11 of them. There are, they haven't changed all year except for the one time the teacher added a new note to the door. I keep expecting to see other ones, but it's always the same 11 signs and notes. As I walked in, I counted over three rows and back three seats. That's where my desk is. The boy with the messy hair was already in the classroom, and he's loud, and he won't stop talking even when everyone asks him to. His shirt had a stain on the right-hand side of it. I'll spare you the details of the rest of that story from a typical day in second grade, mostly because I don't really remember the rest of it, or if any of that was actually true, but those were typical days walking to school in first, second-ish grades. The issue that comes with the open up a bit is us left of normals, we really don't know which parts are the interesting parts that the normies want to hear. For me, it was the seven slugs and the 1977 penny with a D on it, because usually they have the S on them, and it was head side up, and that's always supposed to be good luck. Most days also are just largely the same, and as I mentioned, if something exciting happened, I'll tell about it, but there's really no reason, no need to go through all the things that happened throughout a day. Now, other phrases I heard were various forms of introvert or autism shaming. Their encouragements to be less like myself and more like what other people wanted me to be like. 
to put myself out there, make myself uncomfortable, stop being so quiet, start being more obnoxious and loud, I assume, because that's the opposite of being quiet and reserved, various things like that. So all of these things, they're constantly pounded into the mind of a child from six or seven years old about when most of these traits start showing up. And they go all the way through at least high school, often into college ages and sometimes well into the adult years, about how I shouldn't be the way I am. And because those things are constantly pushed upon us about how we need to change who we are and act more like people expect us to act, uh, it means that we are generally just afraid of doing everything wrong. Suppose I go, you go to a birthday party and you sing too loudly. You're doing it wrong. Or you sing too quietly. That's also wrong. Don't eat too fast. Don't eat too slow. Win the games instead of letting the birthday boy win. Run up the stairs instead of walking. Largely, that's all just doing these things the wrong way. So instead of just risking that it might be wrong, instead of making these... Uh, lapses in judgment. Instead, it's much easier to observe them, uh, figure out the right way to interact and act and how loud to sing, how quickly to walk, how fast to eat, and then try to mimic them. Now, apparently, based on feedback, that's also the wrong thing to do. All this leads to what people can call a bit of social anxiety. It's sometimes not fun to go into these new situations because you don't know how to do it the right way. The only way to learn how to do it the right way is to observe other people doing it, which is not the right way to learn how to do it the right way. Of course, you can always just jump in and do it wrong from the beginning and just mess up along the way, which is also not the right way of doing it. So really, the only solution is to be socially awkward, left of normal person that everyone just thinks is kind of rude, but really he's just trying to figure out what to do. You've had a peek into the world where everything left is right, and if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Please join the Facebook community if you have questions. You can actually post anonymously over there too, so don't feel embarrassed that your name will get out there. Remember that at any event, that weirdo that's just kind of hanging out and observing the group, he's probably just trying to figure out what's going on. He's not actually the jerk that you think he is. Maybe he is. Maybe he just doesn't like you. And of course, share this podcast with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right.